Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Howdy. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson, suddenly realizing how dark and gloomy it's gotten out the window. <laughs> it's nice to have an office with a big window and a, and a high rise, and I can see off into the horizon. So I, 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 I got to tell you guys that I got an email yesterday, or actually it was a text message from a friend. He was driving through my town. He says, it, it, what is burning? There's smoke everywhere. That's not smoke, man. That's the pollen. It has started. My my black car is now yellow. Um, the, the trees are trying to, to, to get my car pregnant. It is just gross out there right now, and it's only going to get worse when the pine trees start. But nonetheless, I digress. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. Before I pivot to where I was headed, I wanted to go on and take Greg's call because he's got a good point here. Greg, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hi, Eric. Thank you very much for bringing this topic up. Uh, the border, the fentanyl crisis. Um, I was just going to say that if we were in a, in a military conflict and we were losing 100,000 troops a year, the public would be going absolutely insane. Yes. If we had civilian casualties related to a war, um, same result. And the idea that we're losing 100,000 people a year some of these people are not addicts. Some of these people are trying something for the first time. Yeah. And and it's fatal. It's it's not a this isn't a recreational drug. This is a poison. Right. And so we should we should go out of the way to kill the people who are killing our citizens. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just unbelievable. On another and, note. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say um Forty years ago, this year, uh, forty years ago, the band Genesis put out the song "Illegal Alien," and <laughs> so forty years ago. And if you don't remember Genesis, people might remember Phil Collins. But so forty years ago, a rock band wrote a song about the border issue, and right. our federal government—it's—it's it's actually it's far worse since they've started allegedly working on this problem. Well, and, and also, Greg, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of appalled uh, that my 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 board operator Jim didn't like hit the dump button there because I mean you can't say that racist word on on this radio program. I mean, it is migrant, Greg. It is migrant. Uh, how well, dare actually, you say illegal beep? <laughs> well, well, you see, actually, according to. Um, Nancy Pelosi, they are undocumented workers. Yes. Remember that one? Yes, Which they're, they're invisible. Yeah, well, that makes you a documented worker. That's where you are. <laughs> you're not a yes. citizen. You're just a documented worker. <laughs> get out there, slave away, mail a check, get no results, go $33 trillion in debt. You know, so I got to tell you, Greg, I've been doing the the, having to do these branding exercises for the show. We're starting to get interest around the country in the show and stuff. And uh, the the group we're working with is like, oh, we got to brand your shows. Here, I I, I think you've just given it to me. I'm the voice of the documented workers. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And and, uh, make sure you show up every two. Two years so they can go through the motions you can make a vote and then they can go back to ignoring you yeah exactly and, and, and you know I, I mean I, I learned this week in Washington DC now I can I can go vote in local government elections if I'm if I'm an illegal alien 
it's 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 uh well again it, again you know uh, it was the communists who helped people live under the perversion of common sense and uh here it is right here in our own backyard it's bizarre listen so, thanks very much for the phone call greg thank you very much it, it really is it, it's it is bizarre that we're having to deal with these things. And and the language things. You can't say illegal alien, which was perfectly fine just a few years ago. Then it's undocumented worker and, and uh now it's it's they they've changed the phrase again. It's migrants. Now we're just supposed to commonly refer to them as migrants. Uh they're not mig- migrants, they have migrated and, and now they're they're staying. It's not a migration pattern anymore. Uh, I do have to say, I I want to I want to read you this uh, from a listener, who makes a really good point. I let me just read you this email. I get so frustrated when I hear politicians talk about getting to the root cause of the problems in Mexico and South America. I transcribe U.S. immigration court hearings. So I have some insight into the people coming to the United States. They live in communities overrun by gangs. If they have a business, they are forced to pay monthly rent to the gangs in order to stay in business. Extortion is rampant in all South American countries. People who live in these countries are afraid of the police because they say the gangs on the police and the politicians. We've actually seen proof of that in some cases. People who live in these countries generally only go to school to the fifth grade, if that. Schooling is not a priority. Making money to support their families is more important. These uneducated people who don't speak the language can only obtain low-paying jobs. They drain our resources, our schools, and our welfare system. Finally, some aliens come from places that have no utilities and no running water. In other words, Americans cannot relate to all the problems of the people in these countries. We can't fix their problems. We can help them bring about change, but the people have to do it, and they have to want to do it. The problems run too deep. To be clear, I'm not a bleeding heart. I get really frustrated by the obvious lies told during these hearings. You'd be amazed at the claims that, uh, other than some uh, personalizations, are identical. If you want to come to this country, do it the right way. Moreover, people are coming from all over the world, flying into Mexico and paying coyotes to get into the United States. Not really sure what point I'm making. I can understand wanting to help, but we have problems in this country that need a poli- need attention. A politician saying we need to get to the root cause of problems in another country is appalling when they have absolutely no idea how deep those problems run. And you are absolutely right. Absolutely right. The problems do run so deep. You know, I've done this before. But it has been a a very long time since I've done it. And I think it's worth talking about for a moment. I need to start with this. I'm not justifying, supporting, condoning, or in favor of illegal immigration. Because when you hear me, someone will take me out of context and think that I do. I'm advocating it and want more of it and all that. I just want you to understand One of the great problems I think we have in the 21st century is a lack of empathy uh, that uh, we've been told by by the left for so long now that you must not just tolerate, you must accept, and in accepting, you must embrace. And I think you should have empathy for people, but that doesn't mean that you must embrace those people. There's a road, and that road runs all the way down to the end of Panama. 
It is the, what is it, the, the Trans-American Highway? There are people from Central and South America, and to my correspondence point, they live in cities and communities that are overrun with gangs, and the local politicians and police are in bed with the gangs. They're bribed by the gangs. They don't want to die, so they do what the gangs say. The gangs are better armed than the police. Local and state and, and their national governments are highly corrupt, and these local people, their kids are forced to drop out of school in fifth grade and work for the family, and the family is told, if you don't pay us money, we will kill you. We will burn down your home. We will burn down your business. And one day a gang will show up and say, if you don't pay us $10,000 tomorrow, you're all dead. And those people, they can't turn to the police. They can't turn to the government. They can't turn to the military. So they turn to the Trans-American Highway and they walk. They walk through the jungles of Central America. They hitchhike. They catch rides and buses. They may go through Panama. They go through the mountainous terrain of Central America. They go along the coast. And they walk. And they walk. And they walk. And they walk for months. They do odd jobs along the way. They stop. They do odd jobs. They make a little more money. They rest their legs. And then they walk, and they go through Nicaragua, they go through Managua, they head up into the jungles, and they walk through Tegucigalpa, and they walk, and they walk, and they stop, and then they head into the plains, and then they head into the desert. And they hope to raise their money as they go through the jungles of southern Mexico. And they connect with people in Oaxaca. And they learn who the coyotes are and how they can be put on jeeps. They've walked through many countries. They've walked for many months. Their feet are sore. Their shoes are falling apart. And all they want to do is get to the Rio Grande. And they walk and they sell their belongings, and they come here. And they come here in part because politicians in this country have largely told them, come, we'll give you asylum. They've misinterpreted what we've said, or they've taken Joe Biden at his word, and they've walked, and they come. They have hard lives, and they are fleeing gangs. They are fleeing rape brigades. They are fleeing their own drug cartels. They are fleeing corruption. And they want a better life. And we don't have to welcome them with open arms. And we should not welcome them with open arms because we have rules of law in this country. And this is, as I was talking about earlier, uh, we live in two systems. There's the system of the East where might makes right. And there's the system of the West where the rule of law must prevail. And the rule of law says you apply in a certain way to get amnesty. And these people are desperate, they're hungry, they're desperate, they're scared, they don't want to die, they don't want their kids to be sold off into sex trafficking, and they walk. And they show up at our border, and they try to come across and blend in. And we should be 
infinitely empathetic to their problems and we should want to help them and we should do what we can. But just opening our border and allowing them to come in is insane because our border must matter because our nation must matter. Our sovereignty must matter. And so while these people must matter, we as a nation still have to prioritize our people over these people. How can we help them? And kudos to those politicians in this country who want to help in some way other than just building a wall. There must be other ways to help mitigate those problems, but we haven't gotten serious about those problems, have we? We haven't really gotten serious about those problems. We just want to throw money at these countries. Why aren't we killing the bad guys? Why aren't we killing the drug cartels? Why aren't there accidental explosions in areas where the cocaine is being processed or the fentanyl is being made? Why have we gotten so bad at doing the accidental explosions? Used to happen. Why have we gotten so bad at at drug cartel members accidentally falling out of windows? You know, all these Russians, they keep accidentally falling out of windows whenever they they defy, uh, when they defy Vladimir Putin. Why aren't the drug cartel members accidentally falling out of windows? Our nation needs to be ruthless to deal with this problem, and we're not. We used to be. Ronald Reagan and even George H.W. Bush and even Bill Clinton was willing to do things under the radar to stop these cartels and bring order. These poor people, they walk months. They stop along the way. They do odd jobs. They raise money, and they walk some more. We want to help them. We need to take the fight to the drug cartels instead of just letting them kill our kids and and breed gangs in our cities. We could help those people by helping ourselves, frankly. But our politicians on both sides of the aisle just don't seem interested in doing the necessary deeds at night in faraway places. They'll randomly blow up and take out an ISIS or an Al-Qaeda cell in the Middle East. But, you know, these drug lords in Mexico, they're killing far more of us than the terrorists on 9-11 did. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him Bolin Branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of Bolin Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness. my Seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now. And... Uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. 
They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowl and Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. I want to take a phone call. Uh, the phone number here, 877-973-7425. Jerry, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, appreciate your show. Thank you. Uh, you were talking about the uh, cartel and such, how they have a hold on uh, people in you know Central and South America and Mexico, and also happening here in the States. When you have, uh, we have a person that's actually in our church, and he is uh, illegal, I guess, is however you want to say it to be, I don't want to be correct all the time. Right. But uh, anyway, he uh, he lives, he lives in a, a rental uh, house. He has to pay rent to this guy. He can't move out because if he moves out, then he will turn him in. Also, he wanted to buy a new truck. Well, a truck. Let's say new, used one. Uh, and the guy said, okay, he'll buy it. So he financed it for him at some stupid rate. So he, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going on right here. And we're in North Georgia up in Jasper and uh, Canton area. Yeah, look, I, I, I've heard a lot of these stories. When I was a lawyer, I actually represented a guy who was in a situation like this, had been an illegal alien, saved up his money, bought his family a new trailer uh, that had new appliances in it. And when it came, it was a used trailer with, with broken appliances. And when he went to the particular um, store to complain, the guy called him an effing, well, racial slur and wouldn't give him his money back. I actually wrote a nasty letter. Very first thing I ever did as a lawyer, very first thing, uh, once I had passed the bar and, and actually had my office set up and had clients, and I wrote a nasty lawyer. It went in four days later. The the corporate headquarters of this company calls and says they're they're going to make him right, give him a brand-new trailer, and give him his money back, too. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, we didn't believe you, but when he called, the, the manager of the store said, yes, I remember that effing blankety-blank. Uh, they immediately knew I was right. Um, happens all the time, happens all the time. Uh, awful things. Um, that's why I believe in the doctrine of hell. It gives me comfort. People can escape justice in this life, but not the next. Howdy. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Want to talk about a topic I talk about on occasion in large part, cause you know, I've, I've got kids. I, I can't believe, you know, it, it's, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day who's he's younger than me. He and his wife, they started having kids early. Uh, I was 30 years old when we had our first child, When for the women out there, when my wife gave birth to our first child. Uh, so he was, in his, he was in his early 20s, and he's like, it's so weird now to have a, a kid who's headed off to college. He, he's actually, his kid is headed to college uh, and, and mine's still got a year to go. In fact, uh, my daughter actually just came down and brought me coffee. She finished the SAT and gets the rest of the day off. And I, I, oof, it's weird, but I, I'm more and more mindful about, uh, the mental health issues that kids have, particularly given social media. 
I mentioned uh, probably a week or so ago, there's a lot of data out there about how social media has impacted kids. The rate of suicide has spiked for teenagers since 2009. And if you're trying to put your finger on what happened in 2009, that's the year that uh, apps started arriving on the iPhone, social media apps in particular. And your kid could see that their friends were having parties and socializing without them uh, and the, the self-image problems and stuff. It, it, it's also, it's not a coincidence that we suddenly have this rush of kids claiming to be transgender as, as uh, the Chinese lure our kids onto TikTok and the TikTok algorithm directs American kids in that direction to try to screw them up. Um, the mental health problems are exacerbated by these sorts of apps. It's a real problem, but it's not the only problem. Uh, Matthew Inglesias, uh has a website, Slow Boring. And he says there's a neglected dimension beyond gender in America's troubled youth. Social media is good at generating polarization. And some of the left-inflected pushback has essentially argued that maybe teens aren't depressed because of their phones, but because, in Taylor Lawrence's words, we're living in a in late-stage capitalist hellscape during an ongoing deadly pandemic with record wealth inequality, zero social safety net job security, and climate change cooks the world. Noah Smith and Eric Livitz both wrote good articles questioning the veracity of that Doomer narrative, and Michelle Goldberg did an excellent piece trying to reframe the issue, arguing correctly that the idea that unaccountable corporate behemoths are harming kids with their products shouldn't be a hard one for liberals to accept, even if figures like Josh Hawley believe it as well. But I want to talk about something Michelle Goldberg mentioned but didn't focus on. A 2021 paper by Catherine Gimbron, Lisa Bates, Seth Prinz, and Catherine Keyes titled The Politics of Depression, Diverging Trends and Internalizing Symptoms Among U.S. Adolescents by Political Belief. The CDC survey doesn't ask teens about their political beliefs, but Gimbron et al. find not only divergence by gender, but divergence by political ideology breaking things down by gender and ideology, they find that liberal girls have the highest increase in depressive effect and conservative boys have the least. But liberal boys are more depressed than conservative girls, suggesting an important independent role for political ideology. Now let's go back to Taylor Lawrence. If you don't know who Taylor Lawrence is, consider yourself fortunate. She is a malcontented, uh, mid-40s, angry girl on the internet who harasses people she disagrees with and uses her bully pulpit in the press to try to bend others to her bullying will. She is someone of spectacular unaccomplishment who has been blessed because of her lineage to land in cushy positions at the New York Times and Washington Post from which she can harass others. She is hardcore left and seems to be pretty insane. And she is the one who 
instead of claiming that TikTok and the like, of which she is a user, is causing uh, depression and despair, the use of social media, she says it's this. We're living in a late-stage capitalist hellscape during an ongoing deadly pandemic with record wealth inequality, zero social safety net, job security as climate change cooks the world. That kind of shows you why progressive girls are the most depressed people on the planet. They align with Greta Thunberg, who scowls at the world, and liberal boys are surrounded by their parents questioning, hey, are you sure you don't want to wear a little pink dress today? Not to push people's buttons inappropriately, but on the left, the parents of these kids are more often than not making sure they know we live in a hellscape where, what, their right to an abortion is taken away, even for the boys. The world is going to burn in less than 10 years because Republicans are blocking real reform. Those Republican bigots are stopping boys from playing on girls' sports. They have made their politics, their religion. And when your God is your politics, when you see yourself suffer a political setback, your God bleeds. You need to understand this. This is a real phenomenon. When your politics is your God and you suffer a setback, your God bleeds. And when your God bleeds, your God can be killed. Liberal parents believe that they need their children to know reality. They need their children to know really what's going on. And what they tell their kids is that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's cooking and we're all going to die. You give birth to kids and then you tell them, the whole world is going to burn. What was it? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find it while I talk, and I, I can't. Um, the, the new number two in the House of Representatives says that um, her, her kids had nightmares about global warming, about climate change. Uh, what did she do as a parent to convince her child that they should have nightmares about climate change. She did this to her child. She scared her child into thinking that the world is going to burn. These people have whipped their children into an existential frenzy. And when they see that nothing is changing, they get anxiety. And it's not just climate change. I mean, look at the issue of abortion rights in this country. They've convinced their kids that they have a right to kill a child in the American Constitution. And now it's all rolled back. It's all taken away. It's, it's, it scares the kid. And so the kid has anxiety about that. Here's this audio clip. This is Catherine Clark 
This is Catherine Clark. She's now the number two Democrat in the House of Representatives. But they've also given us a model to become our own leaders. And let me tell you what it means to to me coming in as a different generation. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. My middle child woke up with nightmares over concerns around climate change. She did that to her child. Back to English's paper and, and an excerpt here from the underlying study. Adolescents in the 2010s endured a series of significant political events that may have influenced their mental health. The first black president, Democrat Barack Obama, was elected in 2008, during which time the Great Recession crippled the U.S. economy, widened income inequality, and exacerbated the student debt crisis. The following year, Republicans took control of Congress and then in 2014 of the Senate. Just two years later, Republican Donald Trump was elected to office, appointing a conservative Supreme Court and deeply polarizing the nation through erratic leadership. Throughout this period, war, climate change, school shootings, police violence against black people, pervasive sexism and sexual assault, and rampant socioeconomic inequality became unavoidable features of political discourse in response Youth movements promoting direct action and political change emerged in the face of inaction by policymakers to address critical issues. Liberal adolescents may have therefore experienced alienation within a growing conservative political climate such that their mental health suffered in comparison to that of their conservative peers whose hegemonic views were flourishing. Or it could be they keep seeing that their parents tell them we're all going to die and they do nothing. This is kind of nuts. And by the way, why wasn't this happening when George Bush was president and the Republicans controlled everything? You had the war in Iraq, you had 9-11, and Bush wins the popular vote and 51% of the vote in 2004 and decides to push on Social Security and advances more conservative picks on the Supreme Court. Why weren't they having mental health meltdowns then? I would submit to you it's because what's different is because progressive parents were not then telling their kids we're all going to die because of climate change, and they are now. You have all the transgender nonsense circulating around with the alphabet gang, scaring kids, indoctrinating kids, making kids despair. You've got all the hysteria over abortion rights and the right to kill kids. Here's the bottom line. Here is the bottom line here. People have taken their politics and turned it into their religion. It used to be you would go to church on Sunday or go to mosque or go to synagogue on a Saturday or on a Friday if it was a mosque, and you would worship your God of all creation who could take care of you. And now politics has become that God. Politics has become that religion. And you, through politics, are your own God, and you create all things. And if you have failed to advance your agenda in politics, your God bleeds. Your eschatology is no longer about your right relationship with your God in the end times. It's about how many other people can you get to come along with your agenda to stop the world from burning. And as long as the mouth breather still breathes, you're going to burn because you can't shut him up and keep him from procreating and polluting the world and driving the SUV. Every single person, I don't care who you are, Every single person on planet Earth. Some of them work very hard to suppress it and over time are very successful. 
They have a little voice in the back of their head. Why am I here? Why am I here? And some people listen to it and they decide it's to affect change politically. Some people hear it and they turn to religion. The ones who turn to religion, they put their trust in a divine creator, a divine being who's got this. God's got this. Those who turn to politics, they've got this until they don't. And progressive parents and progressive kids have been essentially moved to politics as religion where they must be in charge, and yet they are seeing continual setbacks. And it's causing their despair. It's causing their depression. It's causing an increase in suicide. It's child abuse. To convince your child we're all going to die in 10 years, the world is going to burn. It's child abuse. You can say you're letting your child be realistic about what's going to happen. No, you're not. You're scaring your child to death for no reason whatsoever. You're foisting your beliefs on your child in a way you would condemn others to do. And then you're telling your kid, hey, you may be confused about whether you're a boy or a girl. Go live your best life now. And there's a level of self-centered, cult-like zeal in it that drives the despair of kids. It is not surprising to me at all that progressive boys and progressive girls are the most depressed kids in America. When you've got a bunch of people on your side telling you the world's going to end and your rights are under assault for abortion rights and climate change and, and transgenderism and all that, of course you're confused, you're scared, you don't know what to make of the world because what your parents are telling you defines not just science but common sense, and yet your parents mouth off that science is their God now, you are completely screwed screwed up and you don't know what to do and you've gotten anxious and depressed. Maybe this will lead people to reject liberalism. There's actually some signs out there this may be happening. As kids go off to college, they're starting to become radicalized to the right. There's even an op-ed in the New York Times about it. We'll get into that. Right now, i got to tell you about Patriot Mobile because Patriot Mobile wants to be your cell phone company. Listen, you're probably using the same cell towers that Patriot Mobile uses right now, so you're going to get guaranteed great service and keep your existing phone number, and you'll be doing business with a company that shares your values. They're Christian conservatives who contribute to the conservative movement, who give their profits to advance the causes you care about. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash eric today, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You get guaranteed great service. You get a portion of the profits of the company going to the causes you care about. You get great discounts. You're a veteran, first responder, NRA member, teacher. If you've got a lot of lines in your house for all your kids, it works. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. You're doing business with a company that shares your values and wants to advance the causes you care about with their profits. You get guaranteed great service from them. 5G data voice, you name it. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Now, this is for your business, not for yourself. If your business needs access to big loans, needs access to big financing, you're buying a business, you're growing, expanding a franchise, you're building a building, you're buying a building, reach out to First Liberty. They've been doing this since the 90s, specializing in business financing. They make their own decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. They can help you anywhere in the nation, help your business at least. Tell them I sent you. 
Uh, speaking of businesses and franchise, happy birthday to Dan Cathy. Uh, I texted him this morning. Uh, he turned 70, uh, the former CEO of Chick-fil-A. Uh, they're now on the third generation of leadership there with his son. But um, happy birthday to Dan. Uh, need his bold vision and bold voice out there. Um, gosh, that company. You, you know, I got to tell you, it's interesting to me now to go to other uh, restaurants, uh, fast food restaurants in particular, and other businesses, and how many people now have adopted my pleasure as opposed to your welcome. Um, everybody wants to be like Chick-fil-A, but there really is only one. Um, I, My family spends an inordinate amount of money every week at Chick-fil-A. This is not a yearly thing. The worst thing to happen to my family is a Publix grocery store and a Chick-fil-A were built right outside the front of our neighborhood. And we don't even do grocery lists at our house anymore. It's just, hey, we need this. Go to the grocery store. I'm there three, four times a day. And now I kid a little bit. I, I, I've got a, I've got an app on my phone called Any List. Any List. You can get it a, a Android or or iOS. And the cool thing about it is that I can organize the aisles in the grocery store. So when I put in the stuff that I want, well, I need I need rotisserie chicken. I need apples. I need onions. I need flour, I need ketchup, I need water. It, it sorts it by the aisles. And so I can go through the grocery store really, really fast, knocking these things off the list and, and be done. The problem is that it's like, oh, I forgot this. I'll go back. Oh, I forgot this. I was there four times on Sunday. Once uh, because I needed to check to see if the rotisserie chickens were done and they weren't. Twice to get the groceries. Third to check the rotisserie chickens and they hadn't finished yet. And then fourth to get the rotisserie chickens. And then you swing by Chick-fil-A, except on Sunday, too, because the kids eat Chick-fil-A almost every day. I got so many points at Chick-fil-A I never use. I should. I love Chick-fil-A. Happy birthday, Dan. When we come back, we got to move on to other things.